Well, I think I think one of the things that actually came through loud and clear from the student interviews we did, so podcasts 11 through to 15, was the need for routine. So quite early on, establishing what your work routine is going to be or your life routine and therefore what work routine exists within that. Hello and a really warm welcome to Successful Student Transitions, a podcast hosted by me, Louise Wiles and Elizabeth Gillies. Our aim is to support you as you step out, find your new gear and thrive in the next stage of your life. Perhaps you're making a move to university, a year abroad, a work placement or out into the world of work. This podcast is for you. So the quote in the introduction mentioned routines. I kind of imagined a collective yawn at the thought of routine, especially after a summer break, which was perhaps anything but routine. But today we're talking all about getting organised as you plan for this upcoming change in your life. We're talking about pre-move preparation and then the value of routine amongst other things, all designed to help you settle and thrive through this period of change and transition. We hope you enjoy this episode and if you do, please help us to remote the podcast by liking, sharing and following. Thank you so much. So our podcast today is hopefully a practical one for you and it's about organisation. Um, when you're in this transition time from leaving school, there's often a lot of planning and organisation you have to do. And, you know, you'd be thinking about, you know, before you go, what are all the things that I have to do? And often there's things you need to bring and new things to do and different ways to organise. So that's what we're going to be talking about today, that busy time that maybe needs some thought and what I would call intentional planning because there'll be changes. And with those changes, there's gonna be new skills. So there's a move, there'll be that move from that given structure of school and how you've been used to timetables and stuff to then creating your own structure within an organization or within a university. But first, I think we're gonna think about the main differences between predominantly school and university, but it, If you're going to the world of work, you might be thinking about what they are too, because some of these things might apply to that transition too. So, I mean, everybody thinks about there's going to be a lot more independence, right? So there's going to be a lot more freedom about what you do and responsibility about how you're managing your time. So there's going to be much more independence. There's also going to be a faster pace of learning at like at university and at work. Um, and believe it or not, you know, school, the pace is a little bit slower than at university. Learning at university tends to be a more, bit faster, deeper pace. So that's going to really mean you're going to have to be more organised in something. So there might be also, there'll be a requirement for you to be more self-motivated. Um And, you know, I guess you'll be wanting to do well. And so that motivation might be an important driver for you. Because, you know, remember at school, if you weren't there for a day, you know, somebody would be on the phone following up with parents while you're not there. At university, that's less likely to happen, if at all. Um, And patterns could easily slip of, oh, I missed that one, so I might not go tomorrow or the next week as well. Um, Remember when we talked about procrastination, um, putting things off. At this age and stage of where you are, this is a peak time for procrastination. There's also, um, with that independence and fast pace of learning and the motivation, there's a really high expectation that you're going to manage this workload for yourself. And you might have read this, that when you go to university, if you're a first year full-time student, there's an expectation, along with your lectures and seminars, you'll be working for 30 to 35 hours a week. So if you were thinking on a daily basis, four or five hours a day, of course, some people will do more than that and some people will do less. 
So, you know, maybe if you've got fewer contact hours, you might feel you've more time, but how are you going to keep a track of that? Are you doing your 30 to 35 hours a week? And is it productive? As well as that kind of university work, there's also going to be a, an increased demand for you to look after yourself. You know, we've talked about eating, haven't we? Moving around, exercising, but thinking about how you're going to wash your clothes, how you're going to keep your room tidy, how you're going to budget, how you're going to spend that money. The things we've talked in other fundamentals, um, there's going to be an increased um, expectation that you're going to be able to do those things. There are going to be opportunities galore. There's going to be lots of clubs and societies and some universities say if there's a club or something you want to do and it's not there, start it, do it yourself. So there will be lots of things to get involved with and lots of things to do, a chance to start anew, um, a chance to challenge yourself, not do the old things you've done before. And there'll be increased opportunities for socialising and meeting different people, people from different places, from different cultures, from different backgrounds. And there might be a tendency to look for your own tribe. Um, but also this is a time, you know, we talked about our mind a lot. It's a time, you know, to expand things. Our mind likes new things. So challenge yourself to meet different kind of people, not stay with groups that you've been before. Um, you'll have be learning, though, that different people do things in different ways, that, you know, they'll have different priorities. They might have different ideas about what, tidy or clean looks like um, and as well as kind of those increased opportunities for socializing will be an increased time that you might be on your own so there might be increased feelings of loneliness even within this wider setting so remember when we talked about in the relationship fundamental podcast about the length of time that it takes to make a close friend it was about five to six months. So as well as knowing that there's all those people out there, there might also be times you might be feeling more lonely. So Louise, when I'm kind of reading out this list, do you think some young adults going off to university um, or even to, into the world of work, have they thought about these changes and the, the demands that this will bring for them? Yeah, I think I think often there's a lot of thought that goes into all the practical side of things, you know, the getting there. So what am I going to pack? What am I going to take? I think probably through Instagram and sort of communication initially, there's some contact with new people um, because often people start groups for different accommodation settings and so on or courses. So, yeah, some of that preparation planning, perhaps financial as well, because, you know, you're going to be financially independent, you need a bank account and all of that. Yeah beginning to be set up I think a lot of the preparation is around all of that practical side um, and certainly drawing on you know experience of times of transition and change when sort of moving internationally which is kind of I've done quite a number of times as have you I know from working with people in that scenario that the focus is often practical and not so much on the emotional challenges there's sort of no not so much thought about that so no expectations or perhaps incorrect expectations so I would say yeah there's one thought that comes to my mind as I think about that and that is setting realistic expectations about these things and that's why this podcast is, is I think hopefully helpful because it will help you to spend some time thinking about all of this and to set some realistic expectations because we know that a lot of the challenges for people arise the sense of overwhelm that may arise for some people occurs because expectations are at one level and reality is at another another um or there's a sense of you know you can't control things um or you ha haven't thought about how you might control some aspects of these things and so then it becomes overwhelming so planning for that and being realistic in setting your expectations which obviously is difficult because if you haven't done this before you don't know what you don't know um but there are things that you can read and think through um, and just know to be flexible, I think, in your approach as well. That's really, really important, particularly around the sort of psychological side of it. You know, the senses of, um, you know, um, self-care, 
um, yeah, being a bit flexible, reflecting, yeah, at the end of a week, perhaps just take some time to reflect, well, what's worked well this week? Where did I get stuck and what could I do differently next week? Yeah. It's all a learning process. <laughs> it is, isn't it? It's it's all learning. So, I mean, when you think about this list, there's lots of changes ahead that, like you said, Louise, you haven't done it before. So it could be quite stressful. So it even makes organisation even more important because disorganisation for many people causes stress. Um, and the podcast is today's, we're not expecting you to do things perfectly, have everything in order straight away, but it is a good opportunity to start to organise yourself. Um, sometimes parents will jump in and do this for you. So if you don't want to do that, that to happen to you, then be proactive about it yourself. You know, um, you this is a time that you can be in charge of it. And another big change that we haven't talked about in that list is something that you have no control over at all. And it's about that changing season in the Northern Hemisphere. You know, when you go off to university, we're talking about here, and you're going off kind of September, October, and the summer's just finishing, but it's going to get darker and colder. And that first term can feel never ending. And we'll talk about that later, some kind of strategies for that, but be mindful of that. Um, so first, we're going to talk about some organisation tips before you go leave for university. And then we're going to talk about kind of planning and stuff when you get there. So planning before, if you know you know where you're going, um, if you go onto your university website or they'll have social media somewhere, there's lots of ways, like Louise said, you know, there'll be, you know, um, some way of social media being in touch with you, Instagram or whatever it might be, um, about where you're going to live and, and you'll be kind of given connections with people. They'll be providing updates. They'll be giving you things about Freshers Week. There'll be endless amounts of information. And there'll also be some helpful advice about what to bring and maybe what not to bring. Sometimes things aren't permitted in university. For instance, like some universities say no to a small fridge. But you'll also see that there are plenty of websites around like the student room or Save the Student, where there'll be kind of ideas of things to think about before you go to university. And what we've done for the podcast today is we've condensed some of those main points. Um, so the first thing we're going to say is aim minimal. Remember that you're likely going to be moving into a small space without much storage. Check what the university will supply. Will there be like a lamp in your room, for instance? Often there will be. Um, remember that there'll be shops where you go. Um, if you've forgotten something, you can get it often quite easily. But it also would be a good question to ask for help. Who could share that? Is there something around with other people that you could kind of link up with, you know, if it was cooking equipment or something like that? Essential documents. Passport, but sometimes extra photos. A license, you know, a, a driving license will give you ID. Having your acceptance letter, accommodation contract, your student finance document, if you get any scholarship letters, you might have insurance documents for maybe a bike or a laptop. You might have vaccination history. It's really important to have like these essential documents and maybe a backup photograph. Um, it might also be good to have your computer marked with a security pen. If you get any medicine prescriptions, glass prescriptions, have them with you, a bank account, bank cards. And if you've got a long-term health condition, make sure you've got a plan in place for that. You might have to tell people if you suffer from something and ask them, this is where I keep my medicine or something. Um, if you've got additional learning needs, it's really important to make contact with the Student Disability Service. Sometimes they will give you preferential accommodation. They could help you with technology. And it's really essential to do that ahead of term so it's all set up for you. Good to have your health, your teeth checked, have a have a doctor's appointment, any any kind of vaccinations before you leave. 
money, which we've talked about before in the prosperity podcast. How are you going to budget? How much money are you going to have? Do you know what your main costs are? How are you going to keep track of it? There are really good some really good money apps out there about that will keep you kind of on a daily basis knowing about how much money you've got. And check out some bank accounts for students because they might offer some incentives like a rail card. So it's worth checking them out. Other headings that you might see online are things like electricals, what electrical things you might bring, kitchen utensils, you know, bedding, bedding equipment, self-care products, clothing. Remember that small storage and remember the season that you're going into and be thinking about stationary storage and books. You'll be thinking ahead about how you're going to be organized, how you're going to keep dates of things. Are you going to have a calendar where it's going to be? Do you need folders? Um, how are you going to store those important documents? Um, you might already have a reading list and there'll certainly be places for secondhand books. So there's a lot of kind of things there to think about bringing. And, and those things that you're bringing, think about what they, you know, we've talked about meaning for you. If, what do they mean for you, to you? If you lost them, would it be the end of the world? And if it would, then do you really need it at university? And all these things that you're going to take need to be transported. So how are you going to get there? You know, that might dictate, you know, what you take. If somebody is going to drive you there, you might take more. If you're going to go on the train or public transport, it might be less. Um, and also bear in mind that, you know, at the end of term, sometimes some universities will say you have to take everything out of the accommodation. So what are you going to do with it then? Is there some storage around? Is there some storage facilities um, that you could take, take things to? And how much would that cost? I know I'm saying be minimal, but I also think take things to be social. So things like board games, cards, um, things that are going to help you connect with people. I know when one of my ch children, child went off to university, somebody gave them a doorstop, which I thought was a really nice thing. So you could open your door if you were wanting to make friends, people walking up and down a corridor, or close it if you wanted a bit of privacy. And thinking about privacy, earplugs are a good thing to bring. Be thinking about conversations with family and friends about your communication. What's reasonable? Um, some parents would like you to be in touch with them every day, others not. What would work for you both? It might be hard thinking you want to hear from somebody and you don't hear. You might also want to have plans for meetups with friends um, or visits at the university, especially in that very first long term. You know, having things to look forward to is a really good thing. Um, and when people come to visit, it's good to know a little bit of the place you are, that city around you or the setting you're in. So there might be interesting places to see and things to go to nearby. So having, having a book about where you're going might be a good thing. Anything else on your list, Louise? Um, yeah, and also setting your times for people to come and visit you. I know that for my daughter, that was an important one. Yeah, we'd agreed in three or four weeks' time, I would go and stay for the weekends, and then she came home at reading week. And just to break up that term, that first term, because it is a long one. And it's quite exhausting as well, because you have that freshers' week or fortnight in some universities. Um, you get freshers' flu. That's fairly predictable. Um, so warning you about that, that, you know, coming together with a whole load of other people in those environments means that yeah things get passed around and you will probably come down with colds and and flu so yeah have some medication and be prepared for that and look after yourself that's one reason for good nutrition and plenty of sleep when you can so that you keep your immunity levels as high as possible because of course when you're in a new situation like this when you're feeling a bit uncomfortable yeah immune systems can suffer but I think also sort of in preparing you think about sort of your mindset and and what 
yeah I talked about expectations earlier so having realistic expectations but also think a bit about your mindset for change you know if this was the first time you've made a big move like this you may feel a little bit worried and, and fearful about it um and that's totally normal um and totally you know acceptable but look for ways that you can be supported in that if you are feeling quite you know worried about it then plan for that so look to get regular support from home from parents carers from friends you know keep in touch with your friends who've gone off to other places who've perhaps started work elsewhere you know book in time to chat because in those initial weeks when perhaps you're not making the best you know if it takes time to develop those friendships so you may feel a little bit vulnerable at times. It's really helpful to then have a conversation with somebody who gets it and understands what's going on and who's a good friend from your home environment or past environment. Um, so, so think about that. Um, and yeah, I know it can be hard when you're feeling a bit challenged, but know that you will get through this and it will things will settle that's the important thing to know you will get through it and things will settle may take you time but you will get there so having that attitude and that belief around that is really important because it will get you through those days when you're feeling a bit low and things haven't quite worked out as you hoped just have faith that if you do what you need to do which is to settle to organize um to make friends and you, know, you sort of build this new routine around your life there, things will settle and you will you will feel comfortable. Um, and that's was another thing there would be, you know, make your environment comfortable too. Yeah. And and that's you know a really nice kind of um summary for for think for people. People think about those physical things as we've said. So you have to think of the physical, but also kind of that emotional toolkit, the thing that you're taking with you as well. The thing that you don't have to pack away, it's just going to come with you. So you need to remember those things within yourself. Um, you know, that when you when you've been in school, you know, there's some good research around that there are the predictors of success university are often seen in school before you know young people have left and that is about effort when things get tough when the things are challenging that sort of you're working hard paying attention persistent when the academics are tough so remember you've likely done that before to get to where you are now and the other thing that's really important is that kind of belief and confidence in yourself as a learner, that academic self-efficacy. When you think about, yeah, I am a learner. So you're going learning your subject or whatever you've chosen at university, but you're also going learning to be more independent, learning to manage your workload, learning to kind of make other and different friends, all those things that we talked about first those are the other things that you're going to be learning too. Okay. So let's now turn to kind of, you've got your pack of stuff and off you've gone and let's be thinking about early days, priming you for success when you're there. So remember thinking about managing your independence, your motivation, your workload and stuff like that. I want you to think of, first of all, about, and maybe take a time you can, you can, take time to think about this and pause the recording at this bit, but how are you going to keep on top of your work? Maybe think about what you've done before that's helped. So maybe you've written down some things there, but what would, what would you write down in, if I'd asked you that kind of question, Louise? You know, how do you keep on top of your work when you've got busy demands of doing other things, like most of us have, yeah. how do you kind of balance work and life demands? Well, I think I think one of the things that actually came through loud and clear from the student interviews we did, so podcasts eleven through to fifteen, was the need for routine. So, quite early on, establishing what your work routine is going to be, or your life routine, and therefore what work routine exists within that. 
So, you know, will you work in the mornings? Um, will you go to lectures and then take yourself to the library for a few hours? You know, what do you think your work pattern will be? OK, this will evolve over time in that first term for sure. Um, but it's worth reflecting on that and noticing what works for you. You know, where do you enjoy working? You know, do you enjoy working in your room or do you like to get out and work in the library or the different workspaces around campus? There'll be many. Um, do you like working in cafes and so on? So thinking about that, um, then prioritising, yes, you know, having a clear idea of the work that you need to do. So itemising it, um, knowing deadlines and sort of putting those into your calendar well ahead of time. And perhaps then allocating time to work on the different priorities you know, at a sensible pace rather than leaving it all to the last moment. Um, so know that, know how you work best. I guess we all do work in different ways. You know, I am a bit of a last minute person. I find myself working most effectively <laughs> in the last day or so before a deadline. But we're all different. So you know, and there can be a strength in that. You know, I can remember listening to somebody talking about strengths and um, this, this person was saying, you know, I'm terrible. I, I leave everything to the last moment. And I, so they try to undo it and, and plan everything and then realize actually his strength was actually doing it at the last minute because that's when he really worked at his best. So there are some people that work best that way. Um, and if that's you, then fine, but other people find it incredibly stressful. So it's, it's learning and you'll learn, you know, that's another thing, you know, this is your first step into if you're at university, independent learning. Um, so you're going to learn new things about yourself, how you work best in different environments. Um, so, yeah, being flexible is important and building that flexibility into your schedule, but also having an overall routine and um, getting out of bed for a start is a good that's a good start isn't it um rather than staying in bed till lunchtime every day um I'm sure there are times when you will and that's fine but perhaps not every day and and I think you know when you're saying there about knowing your strengths I mean I think I'm a bit of a up to the wire person too and that's where I get my energy to do things Mm. that's when it comes to me um and it might be But, you know, I could find myself with somebody, you know, in the next room at university who's way ahead in the plans and stuff. And I could start to feel, you know, once we, you know, we do that comparison thing, you can say, oh, I need to be this, I need to be different. So I think I would say as well with you, you know, get a routine and see what works for you when, you know, you know when you're going to have your face-to-face times and or labs and seminars and be thinking about that 30 to 50 30 to 35 hours you know are you kind of working at that to give you a a, some sort of idea about how your work routine is going right and I think you're right as well kind of like know your deadlines whether they're written on paper or on a calendar on a wall or on your phone but there should be something that you can access quite easily and see. Um, and you might kind of break down those deadlines into things you've got to do as a build up step towards the assignment or the essay. You know, remember that often things take longer than you think. So give yourself a little bit of wee- leeway and maybe some of that inner compassion that we talked about before. If you don't achieve all that you that you set out to do, like Louise said, you're learning to do this. Yeah, I would say around that, you know, because this is all first step into independent learning. Perhaps you've done a bit, but not as much. You know, research takes longer than you think it will. That's my, you know, my learning from so much of the studying I've done in the past. You know, it takes longer to read an academic paper and, you know, assimilate it. And, you know, so build in time for that. Um, really important. Yeah. And when you're kind of trying to build a work or study life schedule, People talk about time blocking or time boxing, where you can break the day up into periods and allocate time and space to everything. And the benefit of doing something like this is that it really focuses your mind on making decisions about how you're going to spend your time. So it's, you know, time and attention needed to do an activity. And it might be, you know, the block would look like, you know, in a, 
in a in a kind of not a perfect world, but in a good enough world, eight hours of sleep, cooking, eating, looking after yourself, showering, three hours, four to six on academic work. Um, there might be some time, maybe an hour for a bit of travel or something else. And then you've got time left to connect with other people or do some activities. Um, and of course, if some, you know, had some exams or deadlines, this is where the flexibility needs to come in. It might be that some activities, it might even be sleep gets cut to kind of focus on the things you need to do. So um, there's been lots of research, research around learning and study. And one thing that I often you know, encourage young adults to look at is this Pomodoro technique where um, you can go online. There's a great YouTube um, little kind of thing you can look at. And it's built around brain science about the length of time you actually pay attention to anything, which for adults, it's around 20, 25 minutes. So the technique is study and review in a 25 minute and then a five minute break. And it often suggests you do four of those and then take a longer break. So, you know, use what we know about how our mind works to help you work well. For some people, writing lists works quite well. It can bring a feeling of being, you achieve things and productive. However, some people kind of have a little bit of burnout when there's endless jobs and lists. And do you ever get to the bottom of that? You know, are those hard tasks always on the list? Um, we don't always have to be busy. So maybe remember, if you are a kind of list person, maybe some of the things that you can write on is rest. Remember, we talked about in the rest and recovery section, maybe, you know, um, have some rest time, go for a walk. Those things can be on your list as well. They don't always have to be just kind of work related things. Remember the pro uh, procrastination podcast and maybe go back and kind of think about it, because as I said earlier, procrastination is at a high at this kind of time when you're moving into that less structure kind of organized world where there's all this enticing stuff around you. Getting started is really important. So make that effort to start, make it easy for you to start something. Have a really small goal like go to the library, open my computer. And when that's done, you can have achieved thing. Remember, I don't know if you if you listen to the procrastination podcast, but one of the things I really liked in it about eat the big frog. So if you've got something to do, something difficult to do, that maybe thing that always ends up in your list and you never get to it. Try and get it done first thing in the morning. Get the difficult over with early on. And that can bring a little bit of easier in, easiness into your life. The other thing about procrastination is, do you know your procrastination favorites or distractors? If you know it, the, you know, if you've got your phone next to you and it's, oh, I'll just check my WhatsApp or I'll just check this or I'll look at that or it might be, you know, going and making yourself something to eat or it might be tidying your room. You know, know what these distractions are for you and make a make a note of how to handle them. You know, when and then is a good is a good kind of method. So when I'm thinking I don't really want to do this. Then, then is kind of like, I'm just going to start with five minutes and see how I go. That getting started is really important. And remember some, uh, something else we talked about in the procrastination podcast was if you do procrastinate, self-compassion is a really good thing. And there was a study that we talked about when students were taught, um, when students procrastinated and some were taught self-compassion, if they gave, if students kind of gave themselves a bit of compassion, that was a bit, I was a bit off key today, I was a bit off track, then they were less likely to procrastinate the next day. So setting yourself some achievable goals that aren't too big is also a useful kind of organization tool, be these SMART goals. You might have heard this already. Specific, measurable, achievable, realistic, time bonded. 
And I, an example would be by Friday, I will have read and made notes on the first five chapters of a, a book you're going to read. So there you can see it's quite specific, isn't it? It's measurable. There's a time limit to it. Hopefully it's achievable for you. Um, thinking about where you work. I would say in bed's not a good idea. Sometimes that can link in with kind of sleeping issues. Issues If your room or your flat's noisy with distractions, think about where that good place might be. Um, and also think about who you might work with. You know, I know some students that have work buddies that they can work together, and that's a really good idea. Think about rewards. Um, what might be important to you? When you finish work, can you do something that's rewarding for yourself? So there'll be lots of times when you have to make these tough choices to get the work done. Um, and then, you know, then it's done and then you've you've got your 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 kind of productive day. Any of those link in with you, Louise, about any of those kind of like strategy work habits? Yes mainly thinking I should employ them <laughs> <laughs> yes no I like the um you know deciding that well we often procrastinate and put things off but you know knowing that we have to do something just getting started so having that rule in your mind that I'll sit down and I'll do 10 minutes and then I'll see and often 10 minutes in then you're in and you just get on with it so just yeah and then over time, you can expand that 10 minutes to 15 to 20 and probably find that after that, you actually are quite disciplined in getting started. So, yes, just getting stuck in and giving yourself a chance um, and closing down distractions as well. I think, you know, removing distractions from your presence um, and also making time for movement. I think that's another thing. You know, if you're in the library and you sat down a lot, then the Pomodoro technique that Elizabeth mentioned in that five minutes, perhaps just getting up and just walking around and, and, you know, feeling um, and moving. Yeah. Moving. That really helps to then sit down and focus for the next period of time. Yeah. So think about if there's any of those strategies that you haven't used yet, might you experiment with one of them? And some, just some, some advice about taking notes um, how are you going to take notes and store for easy access? And of course, I think most most young adults are using apps or their computers. There's Evernote, OneNote. I mean, there's lots of, you know, very good kind of useful tools out there. I mean, some people might still prefer the folders. Um, the important thing is, you know, does it work for you? And if it's on your computer, back your work up. It was one thing that was when I looked on a lot of the, the student sites, that was one thing that we kept saying, remember to make your work up, you know. Um, you'll likely have a tutor assigned to you at university. And we'd suggest that you try and make some contact with them early on. Um, try and make a good relationship with them. Remember that you're paying for this support. <laughs> You know, it's not uh, it's not something that's sort of it might feel like it's been given to you freely, but you're paying for it. So use this opportunity at the beginning of term to think about, you know, is that, you know, your tutor might be a good person to kind of um, link up with. Um, those new beginnings, all those opportunities that we talked about, clubs, societies, you might even be thinking about getting a job. There's an often an urge to throw yourself into new things especially with a feeling of independence. And a really good bit of advice I heard is ask yourself, will I be able to keep all these things I've chosen going throughout the term with an increasing pacey workload? It might look very enticing at the beginning of term, but, you know, if you've got some sports commitment, if you start to play sports, you know, there might not just be the game you play, but all the training involved. So, Think about how that's going to balance out for you and how you why, what you're committing yourself to. Remember that you're going to be balancing or learning to balance work, your social life and looking after yourself. So there will be times that you'll have to say no. No, 
I'm doing, I've got this to do, or I've got that to do. So how do you do that? How do you prioritize? How are you going to make sure that you know what you have to do and how you're going to do it? Um, You know, and in that kind of managing yourself and looking after yourself, we talked a little bit about it in the nutrition podcast. It's about shopping online and getting maybe things delivered, planning meals, making food in batches, maybe cooking with yourself, you know, with other people. And that would be a good kind of socializing thing to do. Early on in the term, we'd ask you to, it's a good thing to find where your GP surgery is, the dentist, the well-being center, so that if you need some help, you know where it is. So having some plans and these routines is really important, but it's even more important to monitor how your plans are working out. And Louise mentioned it earlier, but, you know, I'd say I kind of weekly check in. How am I doing? Are my plans working out? Um, Did I do what I planned? Because life is not predictable. In Robert Burns's poem, A Fellow Scot to a Mouse, he says the best laid plans of mice and men gang after glay. And it really means no matter how well we plan, the plans get disrupted for all of us, whether we're a mouse or a man. So things will get in the way. It won't all be perfect. But what it does mean, we have to do something about it. And sort of James Clear, who a great book that I'm going to also recommend, Atomic Habits, he notes that when even when top achievers make mistakes or miss deadlines, as they will do, the thing is they notice quickly and they take action to get back on track as soon as they can. So that's why you need to monitor things. So monitoring and modifying is a really important part of your organization. And that monitoring and modifying comes from Dan Siegel, where he asks us to pay attention to what we need to do and be flexible in your report, your approach after the review. Because, you know, if everything's going well, you don't need to change anything. But when things aren't going well, that's when you need to be thinking about, well, what do I need to change here? What's What can I adapt? We know that everything won't be perfect. So we have to notice that and make plans for failure or challenges. And on that theme of challenges, I often ask students when they're leaving school and going off to uni or work, not if you've a bad day, but when you've got a bad day, how will you notice? And importantly, what would you do? So how would you monitor and modify? And what would your plan for a bad day be? So, Louise, if you were thinking of starting a new a new job or being in a new setting, how might you notice it was a bad day? And what do you think you would do to modify that? Yeah. Um, so I suppose a bad day would perhaps be one where it all just became too much, too much newness all at once, too much to cope with. Probably not just the practical stuff, but the emotional stuff. I think often, you know, there's the underlying emotional reaction and it plays out in the practical. You know, you just don't cope perhaps as well as you would normally. Um, And perhaps you blame the practical, but actually there's something else going on. You know, so it's perhaps the homesickness. It's it's feeling overwhelmed. You know, at times when it feels difficult, you might start to think, oh, have I made the right decision? You know, what if I've made the wrong decision? Um, and I think yeah, it's all totally normal. You know, there is a transition curve that we talk about in the first podcast series of, of the whole podcast that we have created, episodes one and two. And, you know, we talk about there being just sort of this curve highs and lows and you know we always experience a dip in any change situation and often you know it's beginning the beginning is exciting um and then the challenges set in and at that point we do feel a bit negative about it and we do think oh is this the right decision am I going to cope with this and I think at that point it's really important to to remind yourself about why you're there 
So hopefully you've thought that through, linking back to the meaning episode, you know, why, why is it meaningful you, for you to be doing what you're doing? Why does it matter to you that you're doing what you're doing? Remind yourself of that. Remind yourself that, yeah, we have times of struggle always in everything we do. And that's just part of life. So as long as you're not having weeks and weeks of struggle and feeling down for weeks and weeks, you know, if it's just a few days, then I always say, yeah, I have a duvet day or a duvet evening. I just give up. Sometimes I just give up and say, that's it. Bad day. Let's draw a line. I go and watch some rubbish on Netflix or something and go to bed. So, you know, give yourself that out as well. You know, sometimes in those early days, you might just not want to socialise. Don't. You're not going to miss anything major, I promise you. Um, just shut your door, connect to something you love doing and, and give yourself a, a bit of time out. Um, be compassionate with yourself and recognise that it's a new start, it's a new beginning and it will be tough at times. And that's absolutely as it sh- as it should be really um and most people will feel that at times so you could even share it with some of your new friends because I bet you if you say oh last night I was feeling really down I go yeah I felt like that last week myself too um and that's perhaps one time to connect back with your old friends the ones that you can share that level of vulnerability with and and express how you're feeling or connect with your parents and hopefully they'll just listen um and understand and reassure you um so just know that it, it will get better you know, this is a cycle of transition this is an ex- you know a period of yes yeah, some great highs probably a few lows and a lot of in-betweens um and you will work through it you will get through it and by june next year at the end of this first year if you've gone to university even june of your new job you you'll look back and you'll go oh wow I did that and yeah, there were some tough times, but I got through them. So yeah. Nice list, um, Louise. So be thinking about what your plan for a bad day would be. That kind of remembering why you're there, what meaning does it hold for you, giving yourself some compassion. Remember that remember that transition cycle. You're getting back to being settled again. You're on this entry bit. So there's lots of things that you can do to, you know, help yourself feel better. Tomorrow's another day. So a little summary about thinking about how you're going to get organized. So work at, work at, you know, develop skills of establishing work routines and habits and play to your strengths. Plan for kind of not just the work bit, but all the fundamental things that we've been talking about and monitor and modify. And, you know, thanks for listening today. And if you've got any kind of comments or feedback that you'd say about what helped you in your organization, leave them in the leave them in the podcast um, review, because that, that would be good for us to hear. And so when we think about ending with our fundamentals, um, you know, if you're organized, well, there's going to be positive emotions there. You know, you're going to be planning and things are mostly going to plan. You're going to feel happy, fulfilled, productive. The E um, from the paramount, you're engaged, you're doing what you need to do. And you're having time for all the things that you want to do, not just kind of the academic work, but the socialization and self-care. The R is the relationship. And maybe this relationship that's really getting established where you are is about you as a learner in a different place. So you're learning about how to do things differently. And that's a really good R in that terms of organization and relationship. There's the meaning again in the M, this matters to you. It can help you override the distractions and know what you're working towards. And achievement, well, that speaks for itself. If you're well organized, let's hope that it brings you productivity. And the H, well, The less stressed you are with your organization, that's going to be a good thing. It's going to help you kind of do all these things that you need to do. And in the next podcast, well, Louise and I will have the challenge, the organizational challenge of bringing all this stuff together. And that's what we're going to be talking about next, about how you're going to integrate these fundamentals all together. Thanks for listening.
We hope that this episode has provided you with lots of tips, but most importantly, motivation for getting organised for your upcoming move. We mentioned a few resources throughout the podcast, and so here's a summary. This episode is part of Series 3, The Fundamentals for Wellbeing, Dynamics for Thriving Through Change. So if you're new to this podcast, then we recommend going back and listening to Episode 21, 22 and 23, as these lay the foundations for the series. Now in this episode, we mentioned some previous podcasts and they were as follows. Episode 7, Tomorrow Will Do, where we talked about procrastination. And Episode 31, Fundamentals for Thriving, Money Matters, where we provided advice and recommendations for financial management. Also, the Student Voices and Transition series, episode 11 to 15, are episodes where we talk to five students, Rafi, Ben, Maya, Toby and Naomi, about their transition experiences. You can listen as they share their advice and tips for a smooth transition. And finally, the book about organisation and habits that Elizabeth mentioned was Atomic Habits by James Clear. And the two websites with helpful resources for students were The Student Room and Save the Student. So we wish you all the best for your planning and move to the next stage of your life. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye for now. And now for the legal bits. The information contained in this podcast is for information purposes only. The content is not intended to act as a substitute for professional advice. Please do not delay in seeking professional help for any medical or mental health condition. Use of the information in this podcast and associated materials is at the user's own risk.